Hey, I'm Paul Perry. I'm Kim Hartsock, and you're listening to The Wrap, a Warren Averett podcast for business leaders designed to help you access vital business information and trends when you need it. So you can listen, learn, and then get on with your day. Now, let's get down to business. Hey, Paul. Hey, Kim. How are you today? Wonderful. Excited to be back for another episode of The Wrap. Absolutely. It's going to be a really good conversation on uh, potential tax laws. What are we talking about? Yeah, there's been a lot of headlines in the news around this proposed American Families Plan. So with us today, we have two of our best tax experts at Warren Averett, two of our members in our tax group, Lisa Billings and William Dow. William and Lisa, welcome back to The Wrap. Hey, glad to be here today. Hey, Kim. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. So, Lisa, can you just help us out, get started? You know, we've been hearing about this American Families Plan. What is it? So what it is right now is a proposal. And so what has happened is President Biden has put this proposal together of ways to help support families um, and provide extra incentives for for lower income and middle income families, give them some rebates and some some different tax law changes. But the other side of that is also there's going to be some tax increases on the wealthy whenever you get into the meat of this plan. And so so right now it's just really in very early form. It has not turned has not gone to Congress yet, but it is out there and something that people are starting to look at. Yeah, it's interesting to note that they, that they're they're two different bills out there. They're really probably more than that, but there's the American Families Plan, which deals with individuals and the benefits benefits to individuals. And then there's what's known as the Made in America Tax Plan, which has more of the business and corporate provisions. And I really think they split the two so that they they could have more luck at passing them than having, you know, if it's in one big bill, there's going to be so much give and take. And it's harder, like in the American Family Plan, I mean, how do you argue with that? Just based on the title of it, that's what's going to be difficult. So I'm I'm sure that there's going to be some sort of economic impact of these changes. And like you said, Lisa, it's very proposal stage. So I imagine there's a lot of things that could be higher. There's a lot of things that could be lower. We just we don't know yet. Right. So as they go forth and they make changes, can you kind of talk about what the potential economic impacts are uh, related to these two plans? Absolutely, Paul. I mean, it's really one of the big things is we don't know where it's going to land, but it's a pretty sure bet that taxes are going to go up and and that is going to be a driver on businesses. It's going to, you know, business owners are going to start making decisions, assuming that they are going to be paying more in taxes in the future. Yeah, and it's interesting to note that the um, a lot of this came about, you know, because we had, you know, as everyone knows, COVID last year and a lot of the COVID relief provisions where you know, trillions of dollars were going out to help individual and businesses. Uh, and now President Biden has his infrastructure plan that he wants to spend. It's probably, you know, it's getting close to $2 trillion. He wants to spend updating the infrastructure. And so these um, proposals are ways they're looking at to help pay for that. Now, what's interesting is in the, that America family plan, you know, it's proposed to raise, you know, six, $700 million, I mean, billion dollars, based on tax increases. But what people don't know is that it has about a it's, it's has a cost that's greater than that, about eight or nine hundred billion on tax credits that's given to lower income. So there's really already a net fiscal cost 
to that that bill that's there. So I think that's going to get a lot of attention on Capitol Hill. We just talked about it, right? Nothing has been sent to Congress. There is no piece of legislation yet. But what is being proposed? Can you talk a little bit about what is being proposed and to individuals, what's being proposed to corporations? How does this impact the states? Let's just talk about what we know right now. Okay. Uh, for instance, for corporations, there's currently a um, 21% tax rate. It's, it's one of the lowest rates we've ever had. President Biden is proposing to raise that to 28%. So, um, you know, you, you'll think it's only, you know, it sounds like seven percentage points, but it's a pretty high increase in just the, the percentage increase in the tax rate. And when you take that and combine it with the state tax rate, the state and local income tax rate, that gives the United States one of the highest overall tax rates of, of really any developed country uh, in the world. So President Biden is already making some noise about maybe dropping it down to 25% as opposed to the 28%. So um, that'll be interesting to see. They're also proposing a tax on just on, on book profits for companies that have, you know, the numbers floating around. It could be, you know, $2 billion and sales or profits, it, you know, it's, it's unknown, but they're wanting to propose some type of minimum tax on large corporations to make sure that they're paying some form of tax. And when we get to the, the individuals, um, you know, they want to raise the rates from 37% to 39.6. Um, you know, not a big increase. It's kind of taking us back to where we were several years ago. But the big change there is they want to um, basically tax long-term capital gains that are currently taxed at 20%. They want to tax that at this new rate of 39.6% for um, individuals that have, you know, first has to have several $400,000 of income. And then in some cases, a million dollars of gain. You know, there's some, you know, there's already some jockeying going on there. But they really want to tax these long-term capital gains that they think that investors are getting too much of an advantage from this lower rate. And so if you go to 39.6, you add the net investment income tax, state and local taxes, you know, you can, you're getting close to 50% tax rate on some of this, you know, long-term gain. And then estates and trusts, um, you know, they want to lower the, the exemption that's, you know, a little over 11 and a half million now to about three and a half million per person. But they're wanting to get rid of the step up basis that you get at death and basically say that when someone passes away, first of all, any appreciation their assets is taxed. So automatic, you have an income tax, then you have an estate tax on top of it. So um, very onerous taxing that they want to do. And, and they've gone after estates and wealthy individuals you know, for as long as I've practiced. And what's interesting is what I've always seen is even they go after them, the rates have tended to go down, the exemptions tended to go up. So it'll be interesting to see if this if this pendulum finally swings back around. But we're seeing significant estate planning going on right now to try and take advantage of this. As I know, Lisa has seen uh, a lot of planning going on already with businesses in this, primarily like real estate. Lisa, you mentioned several to be earlier. That, that's right. I mean, we've we're seeing a lot of real estate people really look at, okay, if, you know, what makes the most sense long-term? What do I want to be holding long-term? And if I have something that I want to sell, is this now the time where we know what the capital gains rate, rates are? Another thing that they have in this proposal that real estate investors are looking at is they've mentioned potentially removing the 1031 exchange, you know, the ability to tax-free Exchange prop real estate for real estate. So, so that is something else that's there. They're, they've pr proposed eliminating it for any gain over five hundred thousand. So, you know that is something that 
has people really looking at long term, you know, if there's something that I want to sell, do I want to go ahead and sell it now? Want to receive a monthly newsletter with wrap topics? Then head on over to warrenabert.com forward slash the wrap and subscribe to our email list to have it delivered right to your inbox. Now back to the show. I think we probably have all gotten used to the fact that when a president comes into office, they have grand plans and big ideas. And, and generally when it works through a, the house works through the Senate, they don't always get what they ask for. Right. So again, this is proposed and, and there's probably going to be a lot of conversation and a lot of deal making. And I imagine when the um, house and Senate goes back to their local jurisdictions, they're probably going to be hearing from a lot of businesses and, and hearing what we are hearing, which is how much of an impact this could have. So do you expect that this will be somehow negotiated and, and, and come down? I mean, William, you mentioned that, you know, you're already hearing the proposed 28 now is being, you know, considered going down to 25. So any, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think you're going to see a lot of negotiation. This is basically, this has come out what's known as the president's green book. It's kind of like his wish list of what he wants um, to happen. And so in history, you know, it, it's kind of like, you know, a child giving his, 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 you know, sending Santa his list of get what he wants. You know, he's not going to get everything. You know, I think President Biden, though, is expecting to get a lot of what he's asking for. We also have a situation where, as you know, uh, you know, we have, you know, one party controls the White House, the House and the Senate. And so, you know, that's going to make it, you know, potentially easier for them, for the Democrats to pass legislation that they want. What's been happening, though, is we're starting to see some infighting already. I don't want to use the word, let's, let's say negotiations already taking place in the Democratic Party because you have, you know, representatives and senators from different states that want different things. And there's already some arguing going on between them. So they're going to have to come together on what they want before they can be successful in really passing anything. So there will be a lot of a lot of negotiations and give and take going on you know, right now. Our concern, though, is, you know, we're, we're definitely going to be looking at probably increased tax rates. There's concern there's going to be increased interest rates. So, you know, that could have a very serious impact on the economy. And like Lisa said, especially like in the real estate industry, you know, a lot of business, you know, a lot of investors are looking at getting out of what, you know, some of the assets they're holding, um, you know, before the rates go up. Um, and potentially, you know, interest rates go up, causes real estate values to go down. William, you, you mentioned earlier, you know, a little bit about the state side, but kind of what are the states doing? And, 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 and in your um, experience with these types of changes that are happening at the federal level, what is it you usually see come out um, from the state side? Uh, is it usually complementary? Is it opposite? Does it take a while for that to, to flush through the states? Just kind of what are your thoughts there? You know, generally states fall into a couple of categories. They, they either um, automatically follow the, you know, the U.S. Internal Revenue Code. So we need changes to take place there. They follow that. Uh, then you can have where, you, where it's, it's, you know, we follow the law as of a certain date. So they have to adopt these. And there's some that are just like, we, you know, we just have our own set of rules that we follow. Alabama has what you call kind of a, a, a floating, except, you know, a policy. In other words, however the law changes, Alabama follows it. So whatever provisions were to come out, Alabama would follow them and have to specifically have legislation to get out of it. One thing to note is Alabama is one of the few states that allow the deduction for federal income taxes. So when the rates dropped, federal rates dropped last couple of years, that's been a huge fiscal pickup for the state of Alabama 
because taxpayers have had a smaller federal tax to deduct. Therefore, they've paid more in Alabama income taxes. So Alabama had to do nothing and they really picked up a lot of revenue. So now if they're looking at raising federal rates, that's going to be a cost, at least, at least here in Alabama, a fiscal cost to the state. So the state's going to have to find ways to make up that lost revenue. And, and one thing else that we're seeing right now is it does take the states a little while to get caught up and to address some issues that may happen. For instance, back in 2017, we had the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act, which eliminated the deduction for individuals for state taxes paid or capped it at $10,000 per person. So, so a lot of individuals who own flow-through entities or pass-through entities that were paying larger tax bills in the states are no longer getting that deduction on their federal return. And one other thing that we are starting to see, we have it in Alabama and Georgia just passed their bill allowing for this, is for these pass-through entities to be taxed at an entity level in the state, which really gives the owners a workaround for this lack of deductibility of the state taxes on the federal return. So that is something else that is out there that is starting to float around that, that the states are starting to adopt. Very interesting perspectives on, on hearing that. And I think that's something that gets kind of lost is there's also state implications to this, right? So, all right, we've just heard all of this. We've heard this is proposed. We've heard, you know, the kind of wish list of a very, you know, extreme significant impact. Me as a business owner, if I'm listening, there's a lot of uncertainty around this. So what do I do? What do I do right now knowing this has been proposed? I'm hearing that it could be effective January 1st. How do I plan when I don't really know what I'm planning for? I think the key is really to just talk to your advisors and figure out what your long-term goals are and really get a game plan in place. And you may not want to do anything, but I think it's important to really think through how these proposed changes would affect you and if that if you do want to make any kind of changes now. Yeah, that's a great point, Lisa. And it goes back to the old, you know, never want the tax tail to wag the dog. So you never want to make a business or economic decision based strictly on the taxes, but you want it, it's, it's a factor that you look at. And a very simplistic example is if you own some stock that has really gone up in value and you're thinking, I don't see how this can get any higher. This is such a high, you know, such a high value. It would make sense to sell it at the at the lower capital gain rates, knowing they may go up next year. So, you know, because you're gambling by waiting. So there again, you know, if, you, if you're thinking of selling something, then it makes sense to do it. So that'd be the case, you know, in a business. And um, what Lisa and I are seeing and a lot of our other members is, is there's just a lot of cash out there. Chases, chasing opportunities. They're chasing businesses. They're chasing real estate, other investments. It's causing prices to go up to really un unheard of levels before. So it really puts you know a lot of business owners kind of in, in the in a great position if they're looking at selling because you know I think prices are high right now. Um, another aspect of the individuals that, that hadn't got a lot of, a lot of attention is they're looking at doing away with the cap on FICA taxes. In other words, you know that's the payroll tax that you pay that, that stops at about a hundred and, you know, over $130,000. They want to get rid of that if you make over $400,000. So all of a sudden you can see your tax, you know, your tax rates going from 37 to 39.6% plus almost 12% if you're self-employed, you know, additional FICA tax added on top of that. So you can see a significant increase 
And that's one we could get concerned may pass because people don't think of that as an income tax. It's more of a payroll tax. The average you know, earner is not going to be at that level. So, you know, they're thinking, you know, they're projecting that they'll raise a lot of revenue just from that one provision. So another point that I think is getting a lot of headlines right now is that it's been announced from the administration that there will be a significant amount of money invested into the IRS. And the idea there is that without raising tax rates, we could be collecting more income tax by doing more audits. Is there any truth behind that? Is that something that there will, that you think will come to fruition? Where does that stand? Yeah, Kim, that's a great point. And and that's one, one area that they have been really talking about in Washington, trying to get some traction behind it. Um, and they're looking at really f- adding additional funding to the IRS to add um, examinations, um, a lot of it for high net worth, high income individuals to go after them. So what you'll see if this passes is you'll see a, a, you know, a large increase in IRS agents uh, going after individuals. Um, we're already seeing it a little bit in that arena, but it goes on the presumption that these, these high earners are doing something wrong. And I think the numbers that the IRS and Treasury have, have, have out there for revenue they're losing, are probably, I think they're overstated. Because, you know, yes, you want to do tax planning. You want to do what's appropriate. But we have no clients to do anything that they shouldn't do. And so if they get audited, there really shouldn't be anything they find. And so I think that it's a little bit of a pipe dream to think that they're going to raise all this revenue. I think you're going to see it's going to be a lot of trouble it's going to cause for taxpayers and practitioners in responding to a lot of these IRS notices. Excellent points. So here on the wrap, we like to wrap it up in 60 seconds or less. What's the one thing you want the business leaders to to think about or to know uh, as they as they walk away from this conversation? Yeah, Paul, I think that they need to think about that there's definitely going to be some type of tax rate increases. And so they need to be planning for that, uh, you know, as it impacts their business, uh, it'll impact their financial statements. Um, so they may want to look at, you know, covenants they have with banks on loans to make sure that these increased, you know, tax rates won't do anything that'll cause any, any issues with those existing covenants. And I think the biggest thing is, Start talking to your advisors now. Start start talking about what your game plan will be if you even need to have a game plan, but at least have the conversation and not just wait to see what happens. I have a feeling that we will be having a follow-up to this conversation. And uh, so Lisa and William, are you are you going to make yourself available whenever we do have some actual legislation to discuss? Yes, definitely. One thing for sure is, is there will be some tax legislation and it will be probably so much different than what we're talking about today. Absolutely. I completely agree. Well, thank you all very much for being with us. Always enjoy the conversation. And thanks for what you brought to the listeners. Thank you all. All right. Thank you. And that's a wrap. If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave a review on your streaming platform. To check out more episodes, subscribe to the podcast series or make a suggestion of other topics you want to hear. Visit us at warrenabritt.com forward slash the wrap.